Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 933. This episode brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. You know, with thousands of athletes going for the gold right now, it has me thinking... With all that Dollar Shave Club has been doing lately, as the clear champions of the bathroom, they deserve some kind of a gold medal. At least, maybe you could just mash all of your uh, beard scrapings together into the shape of a medal, because DollarShaveClub.com delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. It's more than just razors. They have everything. Everything you need to look, smell, and feel your best. Shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, and of course, the best razors in the business. Join Dollar Shave Club today for just $5 with free shipping. You'll get their shit shower shave starter set. It has the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and one-wipe Charlie's. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash ID10T. That's ID, the number 10, and T. Thank you to Dollar Shave Club for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Let's look at the uh, ID10T community corkboard. These are things happening in your community. Katie Levine, just like old times, what do we got? Gabriel writes, I'm a social worker in Northwest Alabama, volunteering with my local library's teen program. Many of our attendees have expressed a great deal of interest in starting a D&D campaign, and we would definitely like to help them. As I also volunteer with TakeThis.org, I am well acquainted with the therapeutic and mental benefits of role-playing games, especially with adolescents. I have started a GoFundMe page to help provide dice and players manuals for the teens, as well as to get some RPG-related items for the library. To find out more... Or to donate, please search Public Library Teen RPG on GoFundMe.com. Great. And then Spencer writes, I wanted to tell you about my wonderful wife who has, for the first time in her life, made her own artwork for sale. She has spent years working very hard at day jobs and has finally decided to give it a go at being a professional artist. I'm so very proud of her. Her site is called OutInTheWildArt.com and she sells her own prints, originals, and pet portraits. Uh, She does all of this from Portland and uh, he says, I think she is so talented and I hope you would too so go to out in the wild art.com hashtag pdx uh, also i'll be performing at uh, levity live and oxnard comedy club this weekend with mike Furman and april richardson uh that is feb 2425 go to levitylive.com for tickets this podcast is natalie portman who is uh, just all kinds of rad she's promoting annihilation uh, which is in theaters February 23rd, which is a stunning movie that you should watch. And uh, in general, she's just great. She was just on SNL again, did another rap, was hilarious, and uh, is every bit as nice and cool as you would hope she would be. It was very cool of her to... We recorded this at um, 
the Roosevelt Hotel because she was doing Kimmel. So she popped over to the Roosevelt Hotel because it was going to be too loud at the Kimmel show uh, with their getting ready to tape the show. So she came over and we uh, did a podcast and she was awesome. So thanks to Natalie Portman for doing this episode. Definitely go see Annihilation. It is in theaters February 23rd. Uh, This episode also brought to you by Squarespace. The future is coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. Make a website. Don't just rely on social media. The ever-changing algorithms of social media could tank your business. So just have a home base. Go to Squarespace. Blog or publish content. Sell product services of all kinds. Announce any upcoming event or special project. You're going to get beautiful templates by world-class designers. Powerful e-commerce functionality. You can sell anything you want. Uh, that's legal. Uh, the ability to customize look, feel, settings, products, and more with just a few clicks. Everything optimized for mobile right out of the box. You can buy domains, choose from over 200 extensions, and analytics that help you grow in real time. You have built-in SEO, free and secure hosting, uh, and nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And you're going to get 24-7 award-winning customer support. Make it stand out. Stand out with a beautiful website. Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, just use the offer code ID10T to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast. Also, Audible. Get on the Audible train. Audiobooks are great. They can, you know, if you're sitting in traffic, if you're on public transportation, if you're working out, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're at a job that you're not enjoying, just put the headphones in your ear, listen to a book. You can learn anything you want. You can get healthier. Um, I just listened to a book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. I highly recommend it for anyone. Well, I think anyone and everyone is susceptible to being uh, destroyed by their own ego. So it's, it's a great, great listen. And Audible's offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash ID10T and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free. Start listening. It is that easy. Membership includes one free audiobook a month, exclusive sales, and 30% off all regularly priced books. There are free apps for iPhone, iPad, Android, and Windows Phone. And unlike a streaming or rental service, you own your books with Audible. So, audible.com slash ID10T or text ID10T to 500-500 to get started today. Thanks to Audible for sponsoring this podcast. Episode number 933 with Natalie Portman. Katie, you're on! Initiating ID10T protocol. doing this my pleasure it's a soft intro there's no like and here we are now it just it's just is too uh, it's just too oppressive when Uh, you have to like go into show mode yeah um so you're already we're at the roosevelt hotel just for there's there's been a yapping dog situation outside interesting we don't know if a dog lost its owner or if it is just getting drunk by the pool but there has been (laughs) every so often like a yap outside and it's like you it's a purse dog like it's unsad well i don't know maybe it's just obnoxious it's well it's a little because katie is a dog rescuer and volunteers yeah okay good 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 i'll tell you if there was any if there if there was a dog even remotely in danger the headphones would come off katie and she would literally leap off the balcony okay that's good to know that's good to try to say like whatever is going on i like it how are you doing 
I'm doing well, fighting something off for the past three weeks or so, but you know. Well, it's hard to believe that during a crazy press cycle where you're traveling all over the place and talking to a lot of people that you might catch something. Oh, God. Knock on wood. I'm so like, yeah. Anyway, a little neurotic about it. But you also have kids, so don't you just get everything because your kids, 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 kids. Which they- is very confusing to me because aren't they, they're, people are always like, oh, they're building their immune system. Right. So that's why they get sick all the time. And then you're like, why do I get sick all the time? <laughs> they're helping you build your immune like, system. Like, didn't I do this? Or. Yeah. What's your, yeah, I don't know. I have a friend with three kids and he's just always on. He's like, one of them's always got something. So he's just nonstop, just on antibiotics. So rough. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) You have, you have. Zero kids. kids. You have zero kids. Well, I've only been married a year and a half. Congratulations. Thank you. And so we're, you know, my wife and I are like, we're looking maybe about a year down the road. Nice. I think. You're like, one more year of no colds. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just colds when our friends with kids get colds. Right, and exactly. And come over. Yeah, we're just trying to, we're, we're just trying to, you know, really just squeeze all of the last juice of like, hey, we could get up whenever we feel like it. Yeah. Uh, if that's possible. Yeah. But, the, but this idea, to work as hard as you work, do you have to set aside like, okay, between these months, I'm not going to do anything but focus on family in order to recharge and then go back in? To yes, work? definitely. That's one of the lucky things about um, this career is that making movies is like very intensive two, three months, and yeah. then you can take a very long time off in between. You know, um, it's a real luxury, and you can kind of be completely immersed and it's you know I I remember with friends of mine who were like panicking going back to work after they had their kids I was like oh but mine's not permanent so like when I go back to work I know it just lasts for you know a few weeks a few months and then I'm back and I can you know I can be home all day and there there's just it's 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 very lucky I I I know it's rare well and I also but the idea of you know, when you're at work, you're focusing, you're essentially focusing on yourself, you're focusing on work, you're focusing on all that stuff. And when you're on the press tour, you got to focus on all that stuff. Are you good at sort of packet switching between like, okay, now I can just throw focus onto the kids? Um, I, I, I have to work at it. I think the phone is a really bad part of that because <laughs> it allows you to feel like you can like work while you're being with the kids, sure. which is a bad sure. idea. So I've tried just, I've been working on like just, leaving the phone in another room or not bringing it with me if I'm what? going to. My, and my husband recently got a flip phone, which is really like a revolution. Oh my God. He's like retro on purpose so that you can't, he can't be like on the internet or can't yeah, rely exactly. on it. Exactly. Which is really good because that's always my panic is like, you want to have a phone now if there's like an emergency because it's sure. not like there are pay phones anymore sure. like on every corner. So if God forbid you need something, you want to have a phone. But. That's kind of the that that sounds like vinyl for telecom. It's like oh, I got a flip phone. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Those StarTech phones were cool. You know, it's like that was when we started going. Oh yeah, it's like it's Star Trek now. Like we have these communicators that we carry around all the right. time. We take this for granted. Yes, it's true. It's but true. These don't. We don't. I've been talking to people who have been experimenting with just like taking a few days off. Yeah, and they really do feel the first day like. <laughs> it's like yeah, that scene in the abyss really where she's choking on the the water. And they're like, "Oh, just breathe, you'll be okay." And then after a day, like, "Yeah, I don't miss it anymore." Yeah, and you, I mean, you time feels very different, and um, yeah, your brain gets clear. It really is like 
there's a drug situation. <laughs> there phone. is there is a psychological drug situation, there's but we don't. Withdrawal and, yes, of course, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't view it that way because like well, we're not putting anything in our body, so it's right. not. But there is definitely. I don't, I have no idea what the long term psychological and you were a psychology major you must have you must have some idea no (laughs) (laughs) but but yes it's a good good idea for someone to think about the long and they don't know now because they've only been around for what 10 years we have no idea what the long-term effects are going to be but i'm sure it'll be what i worry about is in one generation it'll be like when we look back at people who worked in asbestos and we're like, what right. were they thinking? Right. They had those devices near their heads? Yes. What? Yeah, that's what, no. that's what kind of, so I try not to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a healthy, uh, ignoring reality. I, I, re- I, actually read, <laughs> I actually read one of your papers. No. I did. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I went back. I, I, looked, I looked up your Harvard. I looked up some of the Harvard business. Oh, God. Like, oh, my God. It said, oh, you wrote this paper about... Uh, it was Object... About- Yes, about object permanence. <laughs> yeah, where you basically they, you you put these very safe uh, near infrared spectroscopies yes. on these babies, and we're like, once a human starts to understand that objects exist permanently outside of when you're looking at them, mm-hmm. what happens in the brain? Right. Do you remember what happens in the brain? Some frontal lobe activation. Just a little frontal lobe really activation. This really is nerdist, isn't it? I mean, yes, well, you know. <laughs> true, to, true to title. I'm, I'm excited. I was fascinated was by great. it. I mean, I didn't understand all of it, but neither, I was pretty fascinated. I. No, come on. I was, I was definitely like a research assistant for my like TA, you know. <laughs> and so what are you doing as a research assistant? Like putting... Little, those little kind of electrodes on baby heads, <laughs> moving the you know the ball under the blanket or whatever. That's um, right. Yeah, wasn't it, she definitely did the the bulk of of the you know statistical analysis. Yeah, but your name is on a fancy ass paper. <laughs> I know that was cool. That was more generous of her than reality of me doing serious work. But Does I someone- appreciate it. I. Does something like that put it in perspective? Like when you come back to like when you're when you're when you're studying the psychology of how the brain is formed and how much oxygen goes to the prefrontal cortex, are you when you go back to work are you like, oh, okay, acting's acting. It's not that hard or it's not that crazy. Yeah, no, I mean it certainly makes you very excited about um doing like purely kind of creative work, but also definitely gives definitely gave me, you know, not to be too sort of like serious or nerdy about it but um like the the you know the psychological background definitely gives you little keys for different characters behaviors so so often characters have sort of disorders or sure you know psychological black swan yeah exactly so that for example like when i was hanging out with the ballerinas i was like oh my god there's such an obsessive compulsive tendency of people who do the same ritual every day you know the same bar they wrap their shoes it's like very ocd behavior and sure. perfection seeking and that was something like that i just want to be perfect was something that i improvised in a session with darren um and that all came from sort of like having been exposed to that a little bit oh wow as a student um just reading about ocd behavior and relationship between ocd and anorexia and um and that it's actually like a, you know, sort of a, a, there is a difference in brain 
function because of that. Is so. that and, and what's the nature nurture line between that? Because obviously, especially in that movie, like her mother was had some issues. Yeah. Uh, and but in general, you know, you find pe- when parents are very controlling and very domineering, and it's like then people can get that can develop that. So what what do you what do you think the line Definitely. is? Definitely, and also like some people who have those tendencies might be drawn towards professions or interests that you can manifest those kinds of behaviors. And that's like actually a really high functioning way to manifest your OCD behavior is to like become really, really good at an art or a, you know, a, you know, like have virtuosic talent because you will practice it 10 thousand times until it's perfect you know um as opposed to like washing your hands ten thousand times that like there's um there's high functioning um manifestations of the same thing that could be totally self-destructive yeah but i think a lot of it also centers i mean besides any of the you know like the real mental health disorders Mm -hmm. that are that are also a part of it but also the idea of um control you know like when people need control there's, it's almost um, th- that that kind of superstitious, you know, I have to do this a number of times because right. I don't, I need to have control. And I feel like I see that mo- more often now because m- the more information we get about the world, I think the less control people feel like they have. Right. And also world. we've lost so much ritual. Like ritual was so part of our lives, I think, through religion. If you see religious ritual, like sure. it's so, it is that kind of behavior of like, doing the same thing every day at a certain time of year you do certain things right you gather with people this is what you do when someone dies this is what you do when someone's married this is what you do when someone's born and um and it has all these like coded rules of like ritual and we have lost that in a you know a large part of our culture has has lost that and so you have to like replace those rituals with other things and sometimes those other things aren't so aren't so healthy (laughs) do you think we need a certain amount of ritual as human beings definitely definitely i think it's like kind of how i think it's how our brains work and i think like that's you you get out of ritual and everything gets undone (laughs) then you're just outside the dome somewhere in the in the wasteland exactly exactly (laughs) do you have rituals like before do you have rituals that you go like i know this is dumb but every time before i start a thing i have to have this kind of food or do this kind of thing or do that kind of thing i have rituals in the way i work of like the kinds of things i do to prepare um um i don't it's i don't related to food as much. I mean, except that I have like a, I mean like every most, not every, but most humans like have pretty like scheduled eating. (laughs) Like that is, that is a ritual, even though it's like, doesn't feel like it. Um, and then, I mean, I do, you know, I am a practicing Jew. So I have those, like those rituals of my religion, which I don't think are right for everyone, but it does give me a certain, it gives you a certain kind of structure to your year and structure to your life and everything that, um, um, you know, it does give you this sort of like, yeah, structure to live in. Right. And so you, and you feel like without that, without that sort of a balance, you just think you wouldn't be able to. Yeah. I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's like necessarily that, but I think that everyone needs to find like the right thing for them, whether it's their meditation or their exercise or sure. their, you know, uh, whatever that, that, um, that is your ritual. Or, I mean, some people it's like, 
their coffee, you know, like the, <laughs> the process of doing something that you do the same process like every, every day. I think it's how we evolved. Have some water, please. I'm going to have some water. There's, there's also sparkly crusty. water if you want sparkly water, mm. if, you're in a, if you're in a sparkly water mood. I'm very good with this. Thank you. Okay, great. Th- having started acting so young, did you kind of understand the process of it when you started? Or do you, was, it, was it just a feeling of like, I want to do that? And what was the sort of the gap between like, oh, that is actually a lot of work to do that? Or do you, were you a kid who really needed to just dive into something 100%? I, I think I was always into diving into it. And I, it was fun starting as a kid because I feel like it made me feel like um, it was a game and it was play, which I've gotten to carry over into my adult life, um, that everyone around me made such a concerted effort to make it fun for me and not like work that um, – it was, um, I think that carried over into my adult life. And I think that's so important too, because I think like we don't have enough play and like joy and like everything we do that like even calling something work or like, you know, when you have kids at school and you call it like homework Mm -hmm. as opposed to like trying to find joy and curiosity and fulfilling that kind of need in ourselves. And, um, of course, I mean, I have the luxury of having that type of job too that is innately creative and much more obviously fun than a lot of other jobs. Um, So I acknowledge that. But it's true that like it feels like everything we do, whether it's, you know, the exercise we do or the, you know, the the time that we spend with each other, you know, that that if you can find like the, the silly and like the joy and the creativity in it, it's like a lot more... It just brings, makes life a lot nicer. <laughs> I think people would, uh, you know, if, like, I, in general, the feeling that I get is like when people think about you, they go, she's got it together. She's, Thanks. You know, she's, you know, she's great acting. She can rap. That's uh, nice. <laughs> you know, uh, direct. Uh, be That's a, very nice. Be, you know, I don't feel that way about myself at all. Well, see, I mainly feel like everything's falling apart all the time. But. Well, th- but that's really interesting for people to hear because I think most people feel that. And, you know, we live, I think, just a- another sort of ritualistic behavior is comparative thinking where you yes, look at other true. people because – you know, sometimes what other guide do we have than wherever we are in proximity to Absolutely. where other people are, which is dangerous also. Um, but I think it's nice for people to hear like, hey, I don't know. You know, I don't always know what I'm doing. Well, I feel like what I've observed because, you know, the work life balance conversation is so annoying to have because it does feel like uniquely like targeted at working mothers and whatever, but it is an issue. Like it is an issue. It is something that we all deal with. And a lot of working parents do a lot of working dads do too. But for women who work observing my friends, the ones who seem to be able to do it both are the ones most comfortable with being kind of a mess. (laughs) Like the ones who want to be really perfect at what they do are the ones who either choose not to have kids and just do their job or, um, the ones who choose to, I mean, this is a gross generalization, but the ones who choose to be at home with their children, um, I feel like it's because they want, like what I get from them is that they don't want to be anything less than a hundred percent to be able to do everything, um, or to try to do everything and not even be able to, but even you have to be comfortable with 
failing a lot. (laughs) And that's why I'm always like, I really admire people who do one or the other because I'm like, oh, you're like committed 100% and like are gonna like, you work, you know, you don't, you you have a, a, a real, um, a real commitment to doing what you do, like totally right. That's really cool. And doing doing everything, you just kind of like you're just kind of like I'm a mess all the time. Like I always have like avocado on my shirt, or like you know, like I, I've gone into so many meetings with like my shirt unbuttoned because I've like just been breastfeeding right before I go to a meeting, and like I I'm tired. I I like mess things up all the time because I'm so tired. I say things wrong. I make mistakes. I'm falling on my face. I'm not with my kids enough. I'm not doing my job well enough, like as, you know, completely as I could, but I'm kind of comfortable with it. (laughs) And I think that's kind of the secret for, for me is like, you know, I'm trying my best and like, I forgive myself. Well, that's important. I think that's really important because I think, you know, the types of role models that I think people normally think Mm -hmm. of are these sort of two dimensional models of perfection oh this person but i think the better role models are like the better role models have flaws and they embrace their flaws because you know the flaws make us unique well i think it's all about just knowing yourself too and that like you yourself like what you're comfortable with Mm -hmm. you know like if you can be comfortable with all that then great if you are comfortable only if you're like there for everything at home like then that's like the hardest thing and the most (laughs) I mean, astonishing thing, um, and some people are are incredible at it, and um, and some people are you know know that they're like most comfortable being fully at work, and um, and that's that's it's like just knowing yourself and what you're comfortable with. For me, I'm, I'm reading this really interesting book called "Ego Is the Enemy," mm. and the whole idea is that you know. All ego pursuits essentially lead to a very destructive place. That's interesting. That it's just this idea, that, and it just because, and it, I, the reason I bring it up is it sort of ties that idea of pursuing perfection and having to be perfect and having mm-hmm. to be so rigid that that's, you know, not that you shouldn't try to do better, but it really is more about, you know, um, ha- having a having a purpose, a bigger purpose rather than just. You know, like, uh, oh, I want to do this because it'll feel really good and then I'll be happy because like, right. that never works. But it's knowing yourself, too, because if that's what you if that's what makes you like have joy is to be like, you know, spending all, you know, having your focus in one place, having or or like feeling like you are doing the best um possible that you can or like you know I think everyone I don't know everyone's different like if anything I feel like you just like need to like accept everyone's <laughs> difference and like celebrate everyone's differences like the because everyone has something different that's right for them and that's it's almost like not possible to like share advice Right. You know, yeah. Well, sure. Because you only have your perspective, and you can't. But but also, you know, it's such a it's such a strange time mm-hmm. to be, uh, to be kind of a public entity, just because the, the, especially the internet is just waiting to point out flaws or things they oh, don't yeah. like, or you know, and, and so it's it just it's such a strange it's such a strange time that I think you really if if your whole 
if your whole kind of MO is like, hey, I'm not perfect, everyone. I'm yeah. going to fuck up sometimes. <laughs> then people go, okay, well, you know, all right. Well, well it's also it. like it's like the most public, but it's also kind of the least public because it's like people will comment about everything, but it also lasts for like a fraction of a second. And right. there's so much that almost everything that's said becomes like invisible <laughs> so like <laughs> did you ever toy with uh, with kind of you know leading a digital life or were you like yeah i don't need any of that stuff yeah i've always kind of been apart from it because because of that sort of like public you know wanting to keep privacy and stuff and now it it feels um um like i'm saying like almost not that big of a deal because there's just so much out there it's right. like i'm not like Oh, if I'm out there, then I'm going to lose all my privacy. It used to be such a different world. Sure. How you put yourself out there, you know, would really, really impact things. Right. And, but I also feel like, I mean, listen, some people do get chased down by paparazzi. They do. It's like, Oh, they, you know, in a hotel window, they got to pick. Right. But I feel like there is a large percentage of people who kind of start that machine and then it gets out of control and they can't stop. And they're like, what did I do? Right. But I think in general, I think most people who like lay low and don't do anything crazy are just not that interesting to the, it's like, you're not going to get bothered too much. It's like, yeah, they don't really ever do anything crazy. So that's not a news story we can get. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's, I don't, I, I don't know. There's there's definitely disproportionate energy around women and women with children sure. and pregnant women. Sure. Um, I definitely, like, never really had a big problem except um, when I was, like, when I was pregnant and when, like, I had, when I started having kids, then there's, like, this whole explosion of energy that doesn't feel asked for and talking to other actresses now it seems to be like um common sure it's sort of like clusters around that which is just definitely disturbing is this like they want pictures of you pregnant or pictures of the kids or pictures of yeah. the yeah which is calmed down a little bit since um the kids stuff has calmed down since the major publication stopped buying pictures of kids right but um but still happens god it's so crazy because it you know, on the one hand, you're like, well, these publications are being irresponsible. On the other hand, you go, because people buy it. Right. You know, it's like, it, right. I don't think people realize. They just go, oh, Someone I just bought one magazine. telling me that there's like a term for that, though, of like things that people buy, but if they weren't on the market, that they wouldn't, no one would be like, I wish I had a, <laughs> you know, like just like not, not like consumer goods that aren't right obvious necessities that like have to exist for anyone to have an appetite for Do you know them. what that is? Do you know what that is? What's it called? That's that's object permanence. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Exactly. There's no no object permanence exists for for tabloid pregnancy exactly. pictures. If they're not there, people don't know that they're not there. Exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Well, I think, you know, it, it, I think individual consumers don't realize cuz they just think of themselves as a singular unit. It's like, oh, well, it's a big deal. I just bought this one magazine." Right. Like, yeah, but times you by like 300 million people. Right. You know? Well, all of us, I mean, I think all of us participate in something like that, whether it's like, oh, you know, what's it going to impact that <laughs> I, you know, left the lights on, right. you know, whatever. Right. And then you're like, oh, 
wait, I am part of <laughs> a huge number of people. I'll have an impact. Yeah. Do, do you what? Do you have like a weird guilty pleasure? Is it like a TV show or like a weird? Is it what Top it, Chef? Top Chef. That's a good show. It's a great show. That's not. A, that's not. A, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think it's that. so guilty, but I'm just like I'm a real. Um, like I really get so excited when there's a new episode <laughs> and it's like hard for me when they go on hiatus <laughs> have you ever have they ever asked you have you ever been on the show I've been on the show you have been on the mm-hmm. show yep what'd you do i'm of sorry of course i, I did a vegan episode of course. chefs hated me <laughs> it was especially cruel cause so zero like, pork fat yeah it's vegan yeah. zero pork fat <laughs> yeah. it was it was yeah they were they made it especially difficult because they took them to a steakhouse so they all thought they oh, were for- doing like a steak challenge and they're like and you gotta make something vegan what'd you make i didn't make anything they fed me a lot and i ate a lot which was great it was good yeah it was great good is it, is it i feel like now in 2018 it's a lot easier to support a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle on the road than it used to be especially in la i mean here but yeah on the road interesting what do you snack on? What do I snack on? Um, I don't know that. I, I mean, I have like my like restaurants that I go to. If it's like a place that doesn't have a lot of like vegan. Well, I don't go to like vegan vegetarian restaurants that often. Although in LA there's amazing ones like sure. Crossroads. Right. Even like, you know, good like kind of take out places like M Cafe and by Chloe. And New York has is starting to have better options but i'll i always go like ethnic because i feel like if you go you can always get something good at like a indian place or italian sure. place or japanese ethiopian's like, good too ethiopian ethiopian, is ethiopian vegetarian very, very dishes delicious. amazing have you been to sage yeah sage is really good they have a vegan reuben that i really enjoy now is it weird because i feel like veganism has so many different sects of like <laughs> well this is okay and that's not okay and that's okay do some people say like only a true vegan eats food that's not copying a meat product. Oh. Is like there's some kind of weird. Oh really? Oh, I haven't heard that one before. I'm I've just heard, guessing. I've heard. I mean, I mean, the only one that I feel like is is like honey. Honey is sort of always the. Are you a vegan with honey or are you vegan without? Honey? Right, 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 right. I know both. By the this way, this is I'd... not necessarily the most fascinating topic sorry <laughs> <laughs> no it is the reason like is really interesting i'll tell you why i'll tell you why i think it's interesting because i i think you know the older i get mm-hmm. that you know sort of in the future my wife has a weird disorder where she actually can't if she eats too many vegetables she gets ridiculous kidney stones oh no. so she actually has to eat like she has a thing where she actually has to eat meat and so, uh, which is fine because she, yeah. she enjoys it. But yeah. but I kind of, I think like, you know, because guys that I know that are a bit older that are vegetarian, they look great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of like, eh, wonder, I don't know, I wonder. So I always poke around. Actually, our whole see. stunt team on Annihilation were all vegans. And they were like the most like ripped athletic people. And they were all, and they also did all the stuff on Thor. And they were like, oh yeah, all of us are going vegan. Like we're all hardcore that it's like the highest performance so definitely possible and definitely good for you <laughs> it but, seems to be um, it seems to be healthy i don't know I'm, I'm trying to do in moderation like maybe every meal doesn't have to be meat maybe some yeah. of it can be uh, vegetarian again it's like knowing yourself knowing what makes you feel good and every i think everyone has different um different 
things that are right for their body. And I think we, if you're like in tune enough, you can figure out what, what it is that makes you, you feel good. Do, do you think at this point, do you, do you think at this point, like, yeah, I know who I am. Or do you feel like, oh, I still got a lot of, a lot of runway to figure that out. Oh, I feel like I'm always figuring stuff out, but it definitely feels like different than 10 years ago or, you know, definitely have more self-knowledge than, than then. I feel like I'm hopefully getting closer, <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully it's a, you know, lifelong pursuit. Well, the two, the two, so a lot you've, you, that was great about doing an, an updated rap was just sort of bookending. <laughs> like this is like these very prominent years <laughs> in your life between like, Oh, six maybe. And, yes. and now, and it, it was kind of an interesting way to sort of, to book in that stuff. I mean, do you, do you really feel like the last 12 years were, do you feel like they just sort of rushed by? What do you feel like you really absorbed from the last 12 years? It was a shock to like, figure out that it had been 12 years since I had done Saturday Night Live because it felt it felt like yesterday. I mean, you really like become an old person when you start being like, <laughs> "Wow, time just flying by." I remember when I was, you know, young and spry. Um <laughs> but uh um yeah, I mean, it feels both. I mean, the the years have definitely like been full of activity and you're just kind of nonstop like once you start having kids it's like you don't like I feel like the time that you used to I I wonder like what did I do with all those hours in the day like that I used to have because you're just so busy all the time like it's just like getting you know you it's it's very fulfilling kind of like doing everything you feel so accomplished during the day after like you've been like and I fed them and I dress them and I take <laughs> them to their you know things and we play and we do this and I did some work and then I come back and you know and you're you feel your days are so so full so there's a lot but it also feels like wait a minute that was more than a decade ago that's crazy like yeah. time definitely feels exponentially faster is you know that's what old people say (laughs) my dad always used to say that he was like ah the 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 years feel like months and the months feel like days i'm like shut up old man and i'm like god (laughs) damn it he was he was right 100 right well said (laughs) but it also when you have a little perspective behind you it's kind of nice because you can look back at everything you stressed about and everything you thought the world was going to come crashing down upon oh, you. Yeah. Every little thing, you go, oh yeah, none of that. Everything's fine. Everything's you know, oh yeah. It just it always it always kind of feels it's kind of going back to your thing about being comfortable being a mess. Like yeah, it's all right. Yeah, you have to definitely be comfortable within the discomfort. Be comfortable within the like anxiety and the worry <laughs> and the all of that because. It's the only way you can kind of make it through. Do you like doing live? Did you like doing live television or does it terrifying? Oh, it's such a rush. Um, and they have such a system that it's like they've figured it out. They've had time to like kind of right. get their system down. And it's it's a real rush to kind of be thrown into it. But um, but yeah, it works. I mean, the way they... They do it. It was really, it's really, really fun. Were you, perform- were you promoting V, the first, V for Vendetta, yeah. the first time you were on? Yeah. That movie holds up, by the way. Oh, thanks. It's a I'm great. Glad to hear that. It's a great movie, and I think you know, particularly the the more we progress in our culture and we look back at sort of like revolution and you know that that idea of you know being oppressed. I mean, it's such a 
It's such a powerful movie. Your characters are all very committed. <laughs> <laughs> They're very committed to whatever their cause is. Was that something when you know when you when you did the movie? Was that something that you were you felt like oh I kind of want to make this statement or did it just seem like oh, I like this character and it seems like it'd be a fun movie to do? Well, for me, it was really really like something I had thought about and was thinking about a lot. Was like what is this sort of line between a freedom fighter and a terrorist um and it was really interesting to get to kind of dive into that like you know that different um the same person can be defined differently depending on the beholder sure and um and uh and that was really exciting to get to play and um and yeah i guess i'm kind of I guess I'm kind of extreme as a person. Like I kind of go all in when I'm in and I'm all out when I'm out. And, um, and it was definitely a lucky character to get to play because she's, yeah, she's all in. <laughs> How do you know, like when you, you know, cause I'm sure you get, I'm sure you get a lot of scripts and what is it, what has to happen in your, what has to align for you to go, Oh, I think I can like, there's something chewy about this that I it's can get into. It's something different every time, but, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with the director because I feel like it's a very social experience making a film and the creation is very social. I mean, it's completely unlike someone painting by themselves or writing a novel by themselves sure. or, you know, playing guitar at home by themselves. Although it might be more akin to like playing in a band or playing in an orchestra that like you're really the creation depends on all of the people around you and how in tune you are with each other and how connected you are and how communi- how you communicate. And um, so the director and the other creative people involved in the movie, but especially the director, um, is very, very central. And mm-hmm. if you feel like you can have a good communication and that they're an, an interesting leader and artist and open... Um, that is kind of the greatest thing. And then if you also obviously have like a great script, an interesting character, something that you're particularly interested in or that brings out as part of you or exposes you to a world that you never thought you'd get to be part of. Right. Those are all like also considerations. And now there's like practical logistical concerns too of like does this fit in with my kid's school schedule of course like, of course does it shoot in LA right like there's there's not a lot of like going to Bulgaria for five months anymore right you know? right right <laughs> but do, do you kind of trust your gut when you're working or do you look to the director because you know obviously the director's sort of the grand orchestrator and they a lot of times I assume have a vision that you don't you probably know, but you can't exactly see what's in their head. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, like, great directors are good communicators to help you fulfill their vision, whether they're telling you all of the details or whether they're telling you, like, what you need to know in mm-hmm. order to do what they what they need. Um, and, yeah, I work on instinct, but you also, that's the other thing, the reason you have to be so comfortable with the director is because you pretty much have to do anything they ask you within reason um and you want to be ready to do that and not you know you never want to have like a a difference that you're not willing to do something that would you know help create their vision sure but obviously within reason like you know they ask you to do something dangerous or they ask you to do something like 
you know, obviously that you're not physically comfortable with or whatever, I would say no, but like you try and kind of clear that up before it starts, right. <laughs> figure that all out before it starts that, that you can then go in and commit 150%. Right. And with, so with annihilation, were you, uh, cause that's an, I, I feel like there's a metaphor in the, in this movie. So I, I did get to see it. I feel like there's a metaphor in there of like, you know, sort of losing yourself a bit, uh, being caught up. Uh, the character is obviously, and I'm trying to talk around it just because. Yeah, you don't want to like spoil. You don't want to spoil anything, and it's also, it's a. It, it, how would you describe the movie? Because it's a, it is, it's a really interesting and complex world that these characters walk into. Into the, I don't even want to call, say what it's called, but when they walk into this area. Yeah, well, there's this area that's undergoing this environmental phenomenon that no one really understands and everything that's going in is not coming out. Um, and my character, her husband goes in and comes out scathed and she goes in with a group of scientists, a a group of all female scientists, um, where they go and try and figure out what this phenomenon is. But of course it's much more complicated than that because it's got this like, psychological thriller um, element where what they're facing inside themselves is kind of like the forces terrorizing them on the outside. So it's kind of like my favorite kind of thriller is when it's all sort of it's like the what's going on inside you is externalized. And did you do you do you kind of look at stuff and go, oh, you know, I think I want to do like a sci-fi thing next, or I think I want to do that because you're in a lot of universes now. Yeah, you're in a Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah. You're in a Marvel universe. Yeah, that's now, true. You know, it's like you, you, you do you do you kind of I look at stuff that way? I don't really look at it strategically like that. You know, it's more just you know. Alex Garland sent me a really interesting script, and he's a really interesting person to work with. Um, you know, but that it wasn't like a genre decision. Right, 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 right. And do you uh, do you watch sci-fi stuff on your own? Um, sometimes, not not like it's not really. I wouldn't say anything's my genre right now because I'm. I usually am like asleep at <laughs> nine p.m. Oh yeah, that's two. Oh, it's great. Like, yeah, we're in bed by nine. Yeah, unless we have to go out to something. Yeah, but being in bed's there's great. There's a lot of there's a lot of trying to take advantage of any sleeping opportunities. Do you still feel a lot of Star Wars questions? Or are you like ah, I don't? Was, well, I don't that much anymore, except you know, asking about the new films and like if it. You know, if any of those characters from the prequels are going to be revived or anything, right? That's kind of the. If I get asked, it's usually about that, but I don't really have news about any of that, so <laughs> it becomes kind of, yeah. You should just start saying yeah, and then yeah, just walk away. I know, and they exactly. go, wait, what was that? Exactly. Yeah, you're totally. in a good position to really screw with people. That's true. In a great way. That's true. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a whole yeah. There's a whole like. There's a whole thing, but I'm not really allowed to talk. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. It. Don't worry about it. It's just like uh, <laughs> I'm an old people, but don't worry about it. It's like you, you whatever. You, exactly. We don't need. We don't need to talk. I'm about not it. really. I'm not really allowed to say anything. Is that a lot of white face makeup that you've brought with you? Yeah, and, exactly. Oh, that's crazy. Because I'm actually going from here to oh, shoot. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we were able to break in. this huge story <laughs> that uh, is. Pre- One site's gonna be like, she said it. It's, <laughs> totally, it's totally gonna happen. Um, that was really nice of you to swing by and do this, by the way, My in the pleasure. middle in the middle of that. 
My pleasure. Um, I want to sort of talk about, as we're sort of winding this down, like, what kind of, I've been asking people lately, like, what brings them joy? And it doesn't, it can be anything. Because I think it is important to remind people that the world is not 100% of this kind of toxic bubble (laughs) that it feels like it is because we're just being assaulted with so much awful news and tragedy and horrible things. And so I feel like, I, you know, like my wife always says, happiness, you know, it is a choice, you yes. know, and, and it, it is it is easy to not choose it. And so, you know, sometimes yeah. I like to say, like, you know, if you're choosing happiness, like what are some things that you're joyful about at the moment? Um, well, definitely family all the time, just not all the time, because, of course, there's moments that are <laughs> that are that are more challenging than others. But um, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable to get to like just actually just sit with each other, play with each other, you know, spend time together is, is pretty amazing. Um, anything we do in nature, like being outside, that's one of the things that's so lucky here in LA that we can like kind of year round be, you know, walking around trees and beaches and it's really cold though 67 degrees freezing yeah absolutely i'm wearing a sweater yeah Yeah, um so yeah anything in that world is great and um um i've been dancing a lot which is really what kind of dancing are you um well i mean i'm i'm prepping for a film where i play like a pop star uh-huh. It's kind of exciting. See, I'm an so prequel, prequel story. Been, yeah, she's like a space Britney Spears. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so, um, so I've been doing a lot of that, and that's been really fun. I feel like I need to find more time to just like dance. Yeah. Non work life, um, and I've been reading Rebecca Solnit recently. Okay. I've been making my way through her books, and that's been mind-blowing and life-affirming and beautiful and just um she i yeah my husband got into it too and so now we're just like reading tell me about it i'm I'm not i'm not that familiar please tell me about it um she is a great um nonfiction writer and she's written um books about everything from um like um how to have hope in dark times. She's written about uh, wandering, like an entire book about the value of wandering. Mm-hmm. Um, she's written a lot of feminist essays. Um, she wrote "Men Explain Things to Me," which sort of <laughs> has been credited with coming up with the term "mansplaining." mansplaining yep. Um, and she's just like a great mind, and everything she writes, she writes on all these different topics, and everything she writes is like. Um, just really kind of expanding and 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 hopeful and um, yeah, just like making you aware of things that you should be aware of. And That's think great about things that you want to think about. I mean, it. I, I I tend to just like put like an audio book in my because we spent so much time in our car in Los yeah. Angeles. Uh, so I think I'm going to, that might be next up on the list. Oh, I like, I, I like, I like hopeful, wise I tales. I cannot, I cannot, um, recommend her more. It's, um, definitely, um, it's definitely been like a revelation this year. Is there anything in particular that you are still kind of aching to do? Where you go, oh, I, I got to do this movie, I got to do this movie, and then I got to be a mom for a while, but I still want to do this thing. Just travel. Like I'm, I'm a big, I'm 
really, really love being in new places. I love going to new places. So there's so many places I haven't been. And um, that's always what I want to do, like as soon as I have any time. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, that's always like with family. Sure. So it's not Would you, separate from that. Are you going to, do you think there's ever a time where you're like, well, we're going to take a vacation and just leave the kids at home just for, or. We talk about it. We're like, we know people do that. <laughs> We've heard that that is a thing that is acceptable. But, um, yeah, we haven't done that yet. Not just not just yet. Not just yet. Well, it was like one, right? You have a child that's like yeah, a one year. Yeah, she's turning one next yeah, week. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, not yet, but at, yeah. but at, but at a certain yeah. point. And also, I don't know. It's really fun. Like, I think we'd. We'd miss them so I know, much yeah, that I it hear would that almost too. like not be fun. <laughs> yeah, I hear that too. There's like um, a minute where you're like, hey, we get to sleep in and then, oh Yeah, yeah. And it's also this like, I mean, we've had like by ourselves like work things where we have to be gone for like a couple days or something. I mean, I haven't done it yet with my daughter, but I had done it with, you know, when my son was a little bit older um, before I had my daughter. And um, you like get so excited that you're going to like sleep in. <laughs> And then you like can't. Right. It's like it's so it's it's so depressing when you're like, oh, I've lost the ability to like sleep into the you know. Your body's kind of working against you at that point. Like your body's just wired Mm -hmm. in a new way that you're like, oh, well then I miss them and I can't sleep in. (laughs) Maybe we should just all travel together and. Forget about it. <laughs> so maybe just as we're sort of wrapping this up, just uh, just some nice piece of advice for someone who you know who who you have said like, well, I'm comfortable being a mess, but something <laughs> about just some piece of advice for people about you know focus or pursuing something that they are excited about or being able to stay on point when they maybe feel like they're teetering off for someone who has accomplished so much and you're Thank really, you. you're really good at a lot of stuff. Thanks. So that's nice. But it's, 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 if you don't feel that way, it certainly seems that way. Yeah. I don't feel that way, but I mean, maybe that's part of it. Like maybe the, um, yeah, maybe it, it really is just about being like, it's normal to like, it's normal to feel insecure it's normal to feel embarrassed it's normal to be afraid but then you want to operate as if you're not you know Mm -hmm. it's like acknowledge that it's okay that you're feeling these things and then be like and now i'm just gonna operate as if i'm not embarrassed and i'm not afraid and i'm not insecure and i don't always succeed at that but i feel like the few times that i have felt that i've like broken through my own kind of expectations for myself have been when I've been able to like really shed those, those things. And it's not that they don't exist. It's not like I'm like, don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid (laughs) because that's impossible because it's just, you can't control whether you are like sometimes you're, but, um, but like that's when I find personally, I can like do the best version of what I do is like by, trying to leave those things on the side. And do you feel like we're, because your because Portman is your maternal grandmother's last name. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your, your real last name is different. Mm-hmm. And so do you see them as two different entities where you're able to go into like Natalie Portman mode? Yeah. It's interesting that I, I do feel like I really compartmentalize that. And I don't know if that's like so unhealthy that I like <laughs> have kind of had like these two identities, but I felt that it was really helpful for me in school. Like, 
When I was in high school, I used to get like really upset if people called me Portman at school. I like wanted my like other last name um, because I think there was sort of like this is the part of me that's private and this is the part of me that who's really me and then the public me is like this other thing. And I think as an adult, I felt more comfortable kind of integrating that because – when you're still developing your sense of self, which is obviously a much more um, dramatic process when you're younger, like mm-hmm. I'm, we were talking about before, like we'll continue changing forever, hopefully, but I do have more of a sense of who I am now. Um, it can be really hard and destructive when the public you is like this other thing. right? And so to just kind of separate it and be like, that's not me, that's something else it's helpful to like get to make the mistakes and fall on your face and be behave in ways that you're like, Oh wait, that's not who I am and right. change it and self correct and have that whole process and have that be like separate and out of that world. And I don't know, I guess now that I feel a little bit more settled and like who I know I am, it's not as, it's not as like scary to have this other version, public version that kind of doesn't belong to me right, out there, right. you know, that I'm like, oh yeah, that exists. And it's not like a threat to who I am. Well, I just, yeah. Cause I, I just wonder if for people who are af- afraid, like personally afraid to take chances or take risks, if they can sort of like, without be, without like getting too unhealthy. Ego. Yeah. Just sort of a, well, you know, I think about that all the time. Cause um, I'm also obsessed with the writer, Elena Ferrante. Uh-huh. And do you, have you ever read her? She's, no, she's the another, second recommendation like, she's just like the greatest, greatest novelist alive right now. I mean, she's just writes the best stuff, but she, her name is a complete pseudonym and she has completely hidden her identity. And because of her popularity, people have tried to like figure out and some people have, I won't read any of the articles that are like who she is, but I think it's because of taking on that persona. She's so able to be like, so honest in her, in her work because it's like, you don't have the consequences for revealing that like depth of humanity and that depth of truth. That's where the Um, authenticity comes from and the honesty comes from. Yeah. yeah, That she has that freedom because she's not revealing who she is. And there's, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming and chatting before you're going to do Kimmel. Who's awesome. But, uh, so annihilation is February 23rd. Yes. Is this correct? And you can also read, uh, Natalie's work in uh, frontal lobe activation (laughs) with object permanence. Uh, which is a quick, it's a quick read. It's a delightful read. I'm sure. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to promote while you're here? Um, no, just annihilation. Please see it enjoy talk to each other tell me what you think about it because it is a mind-blowing experience and be nice to each other and be kind yes be kind <laughs> all right enjoy your burrito everyone all thanks right. Natalie thank you thank you ID 10 scanning complete enjoy your burrito this episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of skinny pop popcorn imagine this perfectly popped endlessly delicious kernels a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, 
Dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.